You're on EducateForLife.com radio with Kevin Conover. And if you listen long enough, your faith will become... I'm tired of being conned. Don't worry, the con is over, Shay. We're now at DEFCON 1. Did you say carnivore or carnivore? Would you like to have a conversation with Kevin? Then call 800-243-9719. And now, here's your host, Kevin Conover. Bring your time and bring your shame. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website is join.educateforlife.org. It's 40 online classes defending the truth of the Bible. Uh, In those classes, I cover all kinds of subjects. I've been teaching apologetics for 11 years, and we cover all kinds of things like how do I know God exists? How do I know the Bible is actually the inspired word of God? Um, Is there actual historical evidence to confirm the history we we record in the Bible? What about creation evolution? And another one of the the topics I cover in that class is the issue of abortion and uh, the pro-life viewpoint and how we argue that both scientifically, biblically, logically, and and so forth. And we're going to be talking a little bit about that today because um, right now up at the Supreme Court, there is a case going on. I had Dean Dean Broyles on the air not too long ago. He's with the National Center for Law and Policy. And um, right now, what's happening in California is a law was passed that basically said that pro-life pregnancy care clinics um, have to advertise for abortion services in their waiting rooms. And it's pretty um, pretty blatant. They require the font to be a 22 font. It's got to be right where people can see it. And uh, you have to hand out flyers or have it posted in your waiting room. And a lot of people are very upset about this. And so this is now at the Supreme Court. Um, And it's NIFLA versus Becerra. uh, And uh, Dean Broyles is involved, along with the Alliance Defending Freedom, in trying to uh, get rid of this law. It's it's actually compelled speech. It's forcing people to um, essentially violate their conscience by advertising for abortion in a pro-life clinic. And my guest today is Rebecca Kiesling, and she has an amazing testimony. She's actually um, a, an attorney also, but she was conceived through uh, rape. And uh, Rebecca, thank you so much for being on the air with us today. Well, thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. And um, I was wondering if we could just start off by going back to, you know, kind of, um, you know, how, as far as growing up, did you grow up in a Christian family, and how did you deal with this as a young person growing up with the, the knowledge that um, you were conceived through rape? It's such a, a horrible, uh, traumatic thing. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I was adopted and raised in a secular, atheist, Jewish family, if that makes any sense. Uh, well, most, most Jews are atheists, is that right? Most Jewish yeah. families are more secular. Um, yeah, at least in the community where I was, that was true. And my parents sent me to three years or five years of Hebrew school, three days a week. I was bat mitzvah. So um, I was taught at a conservative synagogue. So, I mean, you know, we were taught to believe in God. It wasn't like we was reformed, but my parents didn't do any of it at home. Okay. I never saw my parents pray. And it was actually my atheist Jewish grandmother who taught me her pro-life values because uh, after my grandfather died, I was about 14 or 15, and she began to share the story that when she was pregnant with my aunt, who's the younger of her two children, that my grandfather had told her to go get an abortion. And she said, I never loved him again after that. She'd say, how can they do that? How can they kill the baby? Mm. And I had a face to the issue. I mean, this was my aunt who I adored. I couldn't imagine. I was so angry that my grandfather had wanted my aunt killed. And it was my aunt's daughter who basically betrayed my grandmother by having an abortion herself like a couple years before that. And I know it devastated my grandmother, but she, she had kept this secret, this family secret. For so many years, and so she wasn't able to influence the values of her family, you know, by telling that story. Maybe my uh, niece would have valued life more if she had known the story mm. about 
her own mother. Wow. Now, how how did um, how did you come to find out? I mean, when did your parents decide uh, to make you aware that you were conceived through rape? They didn't know. I learned when I was 18 and I received what's called my non-identifying information. It had a lot of details about my birth mother, but all it said for my biological father was that he was Caucasian and of large build. And of course I thought that sounds like a police description. So I called my caseworker and just asked, you know, was my mom raped? And she said, yeah, I didn't want to tell you. And so my parents didn't know how to deal with it. Um, they kept saying things like, uh, there must be some mistake, or oh, a lot of women used to lie about being raped. Like, no, they didn't. You know, Michigan was not like a rape exception state. There was no reason for her to make up this story. And when I met her, she filled me in on the horrific details. And it was like one of those truly worst case scenarios. And um, most women don't want to acknowledge that this horrible thing was done. There's a book called I Never Called It Rape. And it's very difficult for a woman, actually, to admit that this horrific thing was done to them. Mm. Um, My understanding is that... she was abducted. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. She was abducted at knife point by a serial rapist and brutally raped. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, absolutely awful. And I, I've heard the stats on um, the amount of women that don't report a, a rape that takes place. And so... Um, you know, our culture, and especially with what's come out recently and, and uh, with all the sexual abuse and so forth. Um, and, and so, but uh, so when you found out about this, when you found out, were you a, a Christian at that point at 18 years old or were you um, w- were you believing in God or what was your what were your spiritual views at that point? Mm-hmm. in time? So I first came to know Christ when I was 15 um, I had a friend who invited me to hear a special youth speaker who laid out the mess of the gospel. And he actually went through Old Testament prophecy. And it was so compelling to me. Uh, and I believed that night. I raised my hand, went to an altar call. But I knew that with my family, like, this was a war. Oh, yeah. I mean, I might as well tell my parents I joined the Nazi party, you know, because this was like the greatest betrayal for them. Mm. Even though they were, you know, it's atheists. Uh, this was a huge betrayal. Yeah, I had a, um, I had a and they did not handle it well. <laughs> I had a gentleman on the radio who uh, uh, who uh, is a part of the Messianic uh, Jewish movement, and he told me that uh, basically um, his family identified as we don't believe in Jesus. That was their their thing as Jews, um, more than identifying with the Jewish culture or or nationality. Uh, so yeah, that must have. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, and 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 the whole ident even though. They didn't believe in God, like Jews don't eat pork, you know, and it was, it was yeah. funny, like um, all of the all of the terrible things that the Goyim do. I mean, this is how my family talked. All of my family, extended family talked about the Goyim, you know, the Goyim, who, which is a derogatory Yiddish term mm. for Gentile. Um, and I was called Shiksa when I would go to the high holidays to the synagogue. Because I was, you know, little blonde girl. Oh, who brought the shiksa? I mean, they just, like, knew, you know, my heritage wasn't Jewish. Oh, wow. I'm not um, familiar with that. What, all, what does that mean, shiksa? What does that mean? Shiksa is a derogatory Yiddish term for uh, a non-Jewish girl. So, like, they would say, oh, you may, you married the shiksa, you know, like, that was a terrible thing, you know? Oh, wow. Because they believe that you are whatever your mother's religion is. Mm. So it's much worse to them if... Um, if a guy marries a shiksa. Wow. Because you're supposed to, you know, and that's why I would say to them, this has nothing to do with faith. Yeah. <laughs> you are one of your mother's religion is. Yeah. But they would hold to that. I, I always heard that growing up. Wow, that's amazing. What a, a crazy upbringing. And so, um, so you, you at 15 accept Christ and now I've heard of um, Jewish parents actually kind of almost disowning their, their, children at that yeah. point did that happen to you or what how did you move forward it was rough i mean my parents took me to see the rabbi who dipped me in water when i was three years old it's called the mikvah um, which means blessing but as you can imagine it's sort of like the baptism of john mm-hmm. and 
they explained how I, it was like a purification, right? And they explained how I was made Jewish and I didn't really have any other choice about it. And then that's when they said, besides you are whatever your mother's religion is. And, you know, I said, so there's nothing to do with faith. My dad said, that's right, tradition. And he started to sing like from Fiddler on the Roof, you know, (laughs) he could be a character, he could be funny, but he could also be really cruel. Oh, wow. Okay, well, um, we're, we're coming up on a break here. And for those of you listening who are listening and we're streaming live here on Facebook, so um, my guest today is Rebecca Kiesling. And you can learn more about her on her website, RebeccaKiesling.com. Her last name is spelled K-I-E-S-S-L-I-N-G. And it, it, um, she, she was conceived through rape and, and then grew up in a Jewish secular family. Um, and so we're going to continue to have this discussion. And we're going to talk about um, is it right for a woman to um, consider abortion uh, in the rape scenario? And she's going to be talking and sharing with us her opinion and her view on this. And please go to her website, RebeccaKiesling.com. We're going to be right back. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. Educate for Life helps you build your life on the rock. LG Equipment helps builders build on good soil. Luke Gibson's team at LG Equipment is your local source for grading, demolition, hauling, and more. Learn about their bulk water services from trucks to tankers to towers at rentwatertower.com. Get your questions answered. Call LG Equipment at 619-988-0924. Learn more at lgequipment.com. 619-988-0924. Do you have one-button espresso machines in your home or business? They make delicious coffee drinks, but they're not maintenance-free. Express Fix Coffee is San Diego's source for coffee and espresso machine repair, sales, and service. Call Dave Martin at Express Fix Coffee for new and used espresso machines, repairs, parts, and accessories. They'll save you time and money. Call Express Fix Coffee at 619-825-3985. Learn more at ExpressFixCoffee.com. How can you live in San Diego and miss out on enjoying the water? Fast Lane Kayaking sells popular Hobie Cat kayaks that you pedal, not paddle. That means your hands are left free for fishing and fun. Just throw these on your roof rack. They're light and they're easy to use and maintain. Just rinse them off. Try one free on a demo ride. For 36 years, Ron and Debbie Lane have served San Diego with fun, family-friendly water sports of all kinds. Learn more. FastLaneSailing.com. 619-222-0766. When you need tires or service, count on Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service in Oceanside for a full range of affordable options in all the brands you trust. See their great customer reviews and special offers online. Hours Tuesday through Friday, 730 to 530, and Saturdays, 730 to 5. Call Dan and his team at 760-439-1631. Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service, 2405 Oceanside Boulevard in Oceanside, 760-439-1631. I will cast my cares on you. Thanks for listening today. This is Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website is join.educateforlife.org. If you like this program, you can pick up a recording of the program online on our YouTube channel. It'll be up there. It'll also be on uh, podcast, and uh, so you can you can listen to it on the podcast. We have got all kinds of interesting programs. I just uh, not too long ago interviewed Nate Landis with Urban Youth Collaborative here in San Diego, talking about the impact that uh, they're having on the schools in San Diego County and uh, all the Bible clubs that are stu- they have over ninety clubs now on um, high school campuses and middle school campuses. So that's fantastic. If you want to be encouraged about that, my guest today is Rebecca Kiesling. And she is a pro-life speaker and also an attorney. And uh, she has it's personal to her. She has a testimony. She was conceived through rape. And uh, Rebecca, when we left off on the last segment, we were talking about um, the fact that 
it wasn't until you were 18 that you found out about this and you were a Christian by that point. So um, how did that impact? Well, I had yeah. fallen away. Oh, you had, okay. I, after, after about, yeah, after about nine months, I felt forsaken by my church friends. They would toilet paper the house of whoever didn't show up to youth group. And, you know, I would always stay in the car. This isn't right. It's not fair to the parents. And they said, well, they're Christians. They'll forgive us. And I said, well, you know, I don't ever see this happening, but if I miss one week, please don't do it to my house because my parents are not Christian and they won't forgive you. Oh, my gosh. And they did it to my house. <laughs> yeah, bad. and they did it to my house. And my parents were like, this is your Christian friend, oh, you know, and, no. and and they didn't call, didn't come to pick me up on that Sunday morning and nothing. When school started a, week, a month later, she went and talked to me. Wow. And I was totally like disenchanted, like, what happened there? This these you know, and I did feel like, wow, this is Christianity. This is like this is so confusing. Um my quest for meeting my birth family was part of my journey to find my value, identity, and purpose. I saw the movie Roots. Um, even though I felt for the Jewish people and all of my Jewish, uh, you know, relative, my family's ancestors who had been killed in the Holocaust, I knew they weren't my people. Mm-hmm. And I thought that meeting my birth mother was going to give me those roots. And so I could find where I fit into this world. And as you can imagine, instead, it was just so much worse. Yeah. I, I, I can't imagine. And so you, you, um, you've, you fall away. So at what point in your life did you end up coming back to Christ? And what was it that compelled you to come back to Christ? I was in law school and I was beat up by a boyfriend from law school. He broke my jaw. My front tooth was hanging. I eventually lost my front tooth. Um, I had made some of the worst decisions in my life during that dark period, trying to make up for everything that I learned, everything that had been done to me, my abusive family I was raised in, hearing that my birth mother, even though she wanted to meet me, that she had tried to kill me at two back alley abortions. She was pro-choice when we met, told me it should have been her right. Um, I just had no foundation. And uh, I, I wanted to make up for all that hurt by proving my worth, by proving that I was lovable. And I would jump into these relationships. And it was when I was beat up that, again, someone invited me to church, and they shared their faith with me. And it was there was a small group of young adults, and they all shared their faith with me. And that is how I was reconciled to Christ. And during that time, there was tremendous growth where, you know, I was presented with Scripture, how you become, you know, a baby Christian, and it's in the spirit of adoption. Um and that was revolutionary for me because I had always thought that adoption was second best, last resort. You know, my parents would have, would not have wanted me if they didn't have to. Mm. And so to hear that adoption was God's first choice and a picture of his love for us was, you know, incredible. And then the family tree was no longer painful for me because we're told that we're grafted in mm. through Christ. And so now I can embrace the Jews as being my people. Just like um, Ruth said, you know, your people will be my people. Yeah. You know, your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. I, now that's where I'm at. Instead of sort of running from Judaism that rejected me towards Christianity, now it, it was entirely different. So, And I, I came to know my value, identity, and purpose in Christ. That's amazing. That he, I was created. I'm not like a child of a rapist. I'm a child of God. God created me in his image for a purpose. Absolutely. My life was spared for a purpose. And that's Ephesians 1.5. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. And like you're saying, what an mm-hmm. incredible um, test, uh, just metaphor to picture that God is adopting us as heirs with Christ. We are the brothers and sisters of Christ, and we get the inheritance of eternal life. Uh, That's right. And my parents kept threatening to disown me. They kept threatening to disown my brother because he was in and out of jail and prison. Eventually, my dad dis- did disown me, my adoptive father. And, um, but that's okay, because I share in a greater inheritance. 
Absolutely, yeah. Now, do you do you keep? Well, I won't be forsaken. Exactly. You know, though my mother and father forsake me, though the Lord will receive me. Amen, amen. And for those of you listening, you know uh, what a powerful message that um, Rebecca is sharing with us here through her own life and through what she's been through. That if you're out there and you're listening and you feel like, hey, um, I feel uh, disowned from my own family, or I feel. Um, estranged from my family or my my friendships, um, or I've lost them. That's the great thing about God and and our Father and uh, Jesus Christ is that their arms are are always welcoming us. And and no matter how much of a prodigal son or daughter we are, um, God is waiting for us and praying for us and loving us uh, to come home to Him. So um, uh, take heart through that. Now, Rebecca, you are you're currently at a major pro life event. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. It uh, officially starts tomorrow. There's unofficially it started today. We had a personhood board meeting. I'm um, the founder and president of Save the One. We are an at-large affiliate of Personhood Alliance. Um, one of the other allied organizations is, is Cleveland Right to Life, and they sponsor the Bringing America Back to Life conference, which is the largest pro-life conference in the U.S. outside of the outside of the March for Life. So give us an update on what's currently, what's the status currently in America as far as what, what are the trends that are happening within? I mean, you heard me start off the segment with uh, what's happening in California with NIFLA. You're probably aware of that. What other trends are happening? Yeah. What, how, how does the body of Christ need to be praying for, for what's happening currently in our country? Oh, gosh. I mean, there's so many fronts, and it, and it is really being the body of Christ because, you know, even within the pro-life movement, some people are the hands and the feet and the eyes and, they, you know, and there's so many different roles to play. And, um, you know, you could just say, oh, all of the above. But, you know, God uses our gifts and talents and, and experiences um, to put us in just the right place. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's every front you can think of. Um, a, a growing trend that I'm thrilled about is uh, all this pro-life legislation that's getting passed at the state level without exceptions. Me- um, meaning, um, you know, we still have problems at the federal level, but at the state level, it's just growing more and more legislators who are 100% pro-life. Yeah, that's very exciting. I, I've I've seen so many positive things happening with the uh, ultrasound equipment and other things. I have several, uh, quite a few friends here in San Diego that are working in the pro-life pregnancy centers, and they're seeing um, just a growth in the movement, which is very exciting. Um, so what do you say um, for our listeners out there who are listening, who are having these discussions? Obviously, rape is the most sensitive topic, and uh, people frequently bring this up. They'll say, hey, um, who are you to say a, a woman should have to go through nine months of being pregnant if she was raped, and essentially she's reliving this trauma over and over and over again. Um, how do you respond to somebody like that? I'm gonna um, we're, we're up on another break here, but when we come back, my guest is Rebecca Kiesling, and uh, sh- her website is RebeccaKiesling.com. Please uh, go and take a look at what she's doing there. Uh, she has uh, testimony on DVD that you can take a look at, as well as many other stories of uh, uh, testimonies of women who have um, been conceived through rape and, and um, all kinds of information here to help you be able to communicate um, that rape is, does not justify uh, abortion. So uh, when we get back, she's going to respond to that question and how she talks to people about this issue. So stay with us. We're going to be right back. Before I bring my need, I will bring my heart. Hi, this is Kevin Conover. Will you please donate to Educate for Life so we can share the truth of God's word with kids in public schools? You can donate online at donateteFL.org. The Bible used to be read in public schools on a regular basis prior to the 1960s. But today, most kids are completely clueless when it comes to the content and the historical and scientific accuracy of the Bible. Please help us by donating online at donateteFL.org. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. 
Hi, I'm Marissa Conover, and I would love to help you buy or sell your home. I've worked as a realtor for more than 13 years, and as a San Diego native, my passion and experience will help make your move as peaceful as can be. Call me at 619-251-1577. That's 619-251-1577. Or visit ConoverHomes.com. This is Throughout All Ages Ministry with Joe and Stacy. We would like to equip you to share the gospel with confidence in a biblical and effective way. We would like to teach you through the proclamation of the gospel. Whether you're the skeptic, God who created you said that he has made himself known to you so that you are without excuse. One-on-one evangelism. How do you think you can get to heaven? Never really thought about it, but I've always thought of, you know, doing good. For more information, go to throughoutallages.com, like us on Facebook, or visit us at YouTube at Throughout All Ages. I'm Thanks for tuning in to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website's join.educateforlife.org. If you want to check out the classes I have up there, there's all kinds of classes. They're uh, fantastic for Bible study home groups. They're also great for uh, homeschooling. They're great for uh, you know Sunday school classes, all kinds of stuff um, that's useful there for you to use. Also, you can pick up recordings of previous shows. Not too long ago, I interviewed Ray Comfort, and uh, we got to talk a lot about some of his new movies that have recently come up and what the ministry is doing there. Very exciting stuff there. My guest today is Rebecca Kiesling. And if you have any questions, please feel free to call in and, and uh, ask. The number is 866-577-2473. I'm in the uh, KPRZ studios here in Southern California. With, uh, and um, this will actually, we're pre- actually pre-recording this show, even though we're streaming it live. And it's going to air on Saturday, 2 to 3 p.m. So I'd uh, love to have you check it out or pass it on to a friend. And I'd uh, love to have your feedback um, and your questions. So, Rebecca, um, how do you respond to somebody who says, you know, a woman should not have to carry a child through nine months of pregnancy if she was raped? What, what do you say to that? Well, first of all, uh, I did not deserve the death penalty for the crime of my biological father. I believe that you should punish rapists, not babies. From a biblical perspective, we are told that you do not punish a child for the sins of the father, and that each is to be punished for his own sin. Uh, It's a barbaric society where you punish innocent children. I was not raping my mother. (laughs) I plead innocence, um, but there's some people who speak in those terms as if it was ongoing, as if I was raping her, as if I was continuing the rape. if anything, it is the abortion that perpetuates the rape because the abortion is more violent within her body where she was already having suffered violence. And we know that rape victims are four times more likely to die within the next year after the abortion. Now, four uh, times. They have a higher murder rate because rapists um, love abortion. Sex traffickers, child molesters love abortion. Mm. They can't continue doing what they do without abortion. Abortion protects and enables rapists by destroying the evidence and allowing them to continue. Oftentimes, a young girl, her own mother, is exploiting her or leaving her unprotected. Um, And so if you really care, I mean, I appreciate you caring about rape victims. My dear mother is a rape victim. Um, My best friends in life, I have a global organization of almost 600 conceived and raped mothers from rape, mostly mothers who became pregnant by rape, who are either raising their children or birth mothers, or they regret aborting. And so I, I very much appreciate people's concern for rape victims. But if you really care about them, you should want to protect them from the rapist and from the abortion and not the baby. The baby is not the scary enemy. Yeah. And people oftentimes I'll hear this. People say, Hey, well, we need to um, help this woman by allowing her to have an abortion. I mean, some of the articles that I was reading that you sent me specifically, you have clergy actually saying, Hey, look at it's okay. God is okay with this. Um, You need to be able to do this abortion. Um, And uh, uh, it, it just seems crazy to me that um, a lot of people or, think... This- the most common one is they'll say that God will forgive you. Well, do they say the same thing if they're asked about adultery, mm. if they're asking about pornography, if they're asking about rape? They're going to advise everybody, if they're going to ask about murder, oh, God will forgive you. So you're just going to give them green light for any sin? 
because yeah. of the fact that God forgives. Yeah, it makes no no sense at all. It's a you know, like Paul says, this is not a license to sin. Yeah, praise God that we have the grace that right. we do, but it's not something we want to take advantage of. And I I think the real um, thing is that people think they're they're helping them, but in fact they're hurting them. I, I heard you say um, sure. that a person in the next year is four times more likely to die after an abortion, and um, I know that suicide ideation goes up and suicide attempts go up. Um, the stats yeah. I, I was reading said yeah. that sixty percent of women report suicidal thoughts and 28% attempt suicide um, after having an abortion. Is that, are you, are those the stats that you're familiar with also? Yeah, but it's even higher for rape victims because rape victims are already at higher risk of suicide. And when you add more violence and you add on top of it, uh, the death of her child, Mm. um, it makes it so much worse. What, most of these rape victims say when they write out their stories is they talk about how, um, and, and this is, there's a book again called I Never Called It Rape, and it talks about how after being raped, a lot of women don't engage in self care. Okay, and so they're, they're they just feel they feel worth and, they feel worthless, right? Right, right, and either they're just not taking care of themselves or not going anywhere, or they sort of go off the deep end and some even become promiscuous because they just want to numb themselves. They want to think, well, you know, I, he didn't take something so precious from me that I wasn't feeling willing to give away. So you have like half that go that route and you have the other half that go the opposite. And But you, you see a lot where they're not engaging in self-care one way or the other. Um, they're trying to medicate the pain or mm. they're just, you know, um, and they're not eating right. And what ends up happening is that when they become pregnant, they express how the child finally gave them a reason to begin caring for themselves again because it was, they realized that it was no longer just them, that now there was someone else there to take care of. Mm. And the child gave them the incentive to begin engaging in self-care because it wasn't just self-care. And how um, over and over again we hear them say that the child was the light in the darkness um, the child was their healing. How when they felt all alone, they realized that they were no longer alone because they had this baby who was with them. They felt like they were in it together. Just again, over and over again, this child brought me healing. Just like it says in scripture, um, first of all, what man meant for evil, God can use for good, mm. and that God trains beauty for ashes. Amen. Amen. Uh, if you're out there and you're considering, um, you know, maybe maybe you have an unplanned pregnancy. I know um, I hear about this uh, as a teacher. Um, students this, are going through this sort of a thing, and you feel all alone. Um, please be aware there are a lot of pregnancy care clinics, um, and they're going to help you. They're going to encourage you. They're going to support you. They'll do things financially for you. Um, Rebecca, I think one of the big things that I hear a lot is that people will say, look, it, if you force these these young girls to go ahead and have the child – um, the, they're going to end up being in poverty for the rest of their lives. And uh, so, so the, they're thinking, uh, we've got to, these girls aren't going to be able to go to college. They're not going to be able to get a job. The father's going to leave. And here they are going to be a single um, mother trying to survive. Um, how do you respond to that uh, complaint? Well, I mean, a lot of these women say that this child was a huge motivator to be able to um, you know, finish college or like Shauna Pruitt, she, uh, you know, took her child off to college. She took her child off to law school. And then, and now she's the um, partner in a huge, you know, law firm in Chicago doing extremely well for herself. Uh, you know, one of my best friends in high school became pregnant and she, her child motivated her to take care of herself. I mean, there, you can do it. Uh, one of our speakers was began Gia Murray. She lives in Texas now. She's from Michigan, but her mother was 13, and they were living in poverty in Detroit. They were already on welfare, and her mom was pregnant as well. And her mother said, "It's my baby or your baby, and you're going to have an abortion." So, her to an abortion clinic. She um, heard her heartbeat and ran off the table, ran out of the clinic. And her mother said, where are you going? I told you, you don't come home. And they were homeless, in and out of homeless shelters the first few years of her life. And now Leandria um, was the first in her family to graduate from university. 
you know, her mother is successful and doing fantastic. Um, So it's not a foregone conclusion that you're going to... No, no, and it's awfully elitist to say such a thing. I mean... You know, to say that this is a life not worth living. And, and the, the poorest of poor in the United States don't even compare to come close to the rest of the world. Mm. And, yeah. But that's why you have people like George Soros paying to try to bring abortion globally, to try to sell it to people who are happier than we are in the U.S. They're far poorer and they're happier and their families are stronger than they are here. But, you know, you've got these elitists who think, uh uh-uh, uh, no, those are those are not lives worth living. Yeah. We have to force this abortion agenda on these, you know, so called third world nations when, you know, they're in many respects morally superior to us. Mm. And that it's so true. You know, the Bible says Christ said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you as well. And uh so ultimately what we want to do is we want to put God first and trust his righteousness, you know, value that life and let him supply us with our needs rather than trying to fix our situation by doing things that are immoral, right? Yeah, and the solution is to give real help anyway. You know, that's the solution. We don't say, you know, just good luck to you. Um, You know, pregnancy resource centers are so important. My birth mother said that there were no pregnancy resource centers back then, but if there had been, she would have gone. And it wasn't until, um, you know, I was speaking and she began to hear me speak. She changed her mind about abortion six years after we met. And now she's really thankful to have me. But um, she was blown away by the work that the pregnancy centers do. And she said, gosh, if I would have had that kind of help, I totally would have gone that route. But nobody offered me any other help or hope. Mm. So it's so important that we do have that. We need to give people real help. You see someone in need, we should be helping them. Amen. Amen. My guest today is Rebecca Kiesling. And uh, if you're listening in online, um, feel free to call in and ask questions. Stay with us. We have two more segments left. We're going to talk a little bit more about the issue of the pro-life argument and uh, maybe give you some help in um, talking to your friends or neighbors about, hey, you know what? The better option is to keep the child, not abortion. And what, what can we do to stop the spread of abortion in our country? Stay with us. We're going to be right back. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. This is Throughout All Ages Ministry with Joe and Stacy. We would like to equip you to share the gospel with confidence in a biblical and effective way. We would like to teach you through the proclamation of the gospel. Whether you're the skeptic, God who created you said that he has made himself known to you so that you are without excuse. One-on-one evangelism. How do you think you can get to heaven? I've never really thought about it, but I've always thought of, you know, doing good. For more information, go to throughoutallages.com, like us on Facebook, or visit us at YouTube at Throughout All Ages. When you need tires or service, count on Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service in Oceanside for a full range of affordable options in all the brands you trust. See their great customer reviews and special offers online. Hours Tuesday through Friday, 730 to 530, and Saturdays, 730 to 5. Call Dan and his team at 760-439-1631. Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service, 2405 Oceanside Boulevard in Oceanside, 760-439-1631. How much time and money do you spend buying lattes and espresso drinks? Express Fix Coffee invites you to discover super automatic espresso machines for your home or office. Enjoy delicious coffee drinks at the push of a button. Dave Martin and his local team help you choose the perfect machine for you. Call Express Fix Coffee for new or used espresso machines, repairs, parts, or accessories. Learn more online at expressfixcoffee.com. Call Dave at 619-825-3985. There's got to be more 
Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. And uh, if you're joining us online, uh, feel free to type something into the comments, ask some questions. My guest today is Rebecca Kiesling, and she's an expert on the pro-life issue. She is also has an amazing testimony of growing up in a family that was uh, secular Jewish and uh, ended up becoming a Christian at the age of 15 years old. Um, and also, she was conceived through rape. And And today, she's an attorney, and she's a speaker on the pro-life movement. You can visit her website, RebeccaKiesling.com, to get all kinds of information, resources, and help, and just get going in the right direction. Um, if you know somebody who's struggling with making the decision to abort or not, um, absolutely encourage them to go visit a pregnancy care clinic. They're all over Southern California. They're all over the world. Um, clinics now that have all kinds of resources. And like Rebecca was saying, you know, this isn't something that necessarily existed in the past, but today there are a lot of resources uh, where people will go out of their way to help you with things like baby clothes, with things like uh, uh, food and formula and uh, all the different things that you're going to need to survive if you want to um, keep your child and and choose life. And so, um, Rebecca, I wanted to ask you, um, what what kind of advice or counsel would you give to our um, our listeners who are thinking, how can I be more involved in this? And what, what can I do to make a difference where I'm at? And um, how do I go about, you know, communicating with my neighbors and my friends and my family in a way that's effective? Um, how did you get, how do you get people to change their mind? Hmm. Well, my organization is Save the One, and that's the number one, not the word one, and it comes from the parable of the lost sheep, where Jesus said, see that you do not despise any of these little ones, for I tell you, there are angels in heaven, always look upon the face of my Father in heaven. And then he goes right into the parable of the lost sheep, how the good shepherd leaves the 99 to save the one, and he finishes, he finishes the parable by explaining its point, and he says, for in the same way, your Father in Heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. And so in context, he was talking about little ones who are, at ri- who are despised, who are at risk of perishing. In today's society, that's my people group. That's the, all of the so-called difficult cases in the abortion debate. Um, children conceived in rape, children with special needs, you know, disabled children in the womb. And uh, this is the heart of God. So educate yourself. We have a blog with over 150 um, stories there. They usually get published in Life News, LifeSite News, Live Action. Lots of fantastic stories, very uplifting, life-affirming stories. Um, Go to our Facebook page. We have a lot of wonderful resources there. Uh, I can tell you that, look, I was able to change. God used me to change the heart of Governor Rick Perry and Newt Gingrich during their presidential campaigns. Oh, wow. Um, I was in the Gift of Life film with Governor Mike Huckabee, a Citizens United film. I had backstage passes um, to the premiere, so I got to speak to the four candidates who were all speaking at the premiere, Bachman, Tentorm, Perry, and Gingrich. And I had, you know, one-on-one conversations with them. And during my conversation with Governor Rick Perry, he told me that I changed his heart and he pledged no more exceptions. Um, He went on national television afterwards. He signed a personhood pledge the next morning, no exceptions, no compromise, and so did Newt Gingrich. And he went on national television talking about our conversation, how my story pierced his heart, saying he could not look me in the eyes and justify the rape exception any longer. Oh, praise so, God. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> and I'll tell you that if you can change the heart of a governor during a presidential campaign, your listeners can change the heart of anyone. Do not be afraid to speak up. Um, Use testimonies, you know, mine, others. We have a, a global network of stories. Uh, if you're talking to a local legislator, um, you know, we have stories from your state. You can, you know, search our, our blog and you'll find all these and or connect with me and I can connect you with other people and, and you can get them speaking, you know, in your region or locally. We have people all over the country with these stories. That is great. And it's, yeah. it's really stories that pierce the heart. Mm. Yeah, so it's just like in, in scriptures, the power of our testimonies, right? Absolutely. Um, I, I think the stories really are, uh, like you said, uh, he, he, he couldn't look you in the eye and justify it anymore. And that's the reality is, uh, you know, um, 
when you hear somebody's story and, and it's personal, it's not a number out there or some vague uh, idea. When you see that person in front of you, that changes everything. Um, yeah. And, and are, now you're available to speak too at churches and so forth, right? Sure. And um, yeah, I've been, I was in um, I was in San Diego recently, and I was there a year ago as well, um, uh, both times speaking for pregnancy center fundraisers. But now, now, are you an attorney also for uh, on these issues, or is your attorney work uh, separate? Uh, I closed my law practice years ago to do the activism I do, but I maintain my bar dues, and I've had numerous high-profile cases defending human life. Um, I represent the mother of Michigan's frozen embryo case. I represent a woman sued for not aborting for breach of contract. I um, Two of the cases involve rape and abortion. I just recently had a high-profile case, national, international news, representing a rape victim mother where a judge gave her rapist parental rights, and I got the judge to reverse his order based upon a law that I helped get passed in Michigan, the Rape Survivor Child Custody Act. You guys need that law in California. In California, my understanding is that you require a rape conviction to terminate the parental rights of rapists. The federal law that Obama actually signed um, gives an incentive to states if you use the clear and convincing evidence standard to terminate parental rights. It's the highest standard in a civil case. This is a civil matter. You shouldn't require a, a criminal standard in these cases. Just like any other case, you shouldn't have to... Um, have a rape conviction to terminate for for child abuse for child molestation you shouldn't have to have a conviction and it's it's the same thing so i'm hoping that that you know we can get this changed in california i've worked all over the nation to get this changed. it's been passing unanimously in many many states yeah it seems like um, it's just common sense uh, that that would be the case yeah yeah but for many people common sense is that these mothers don't exist because everybody knows a true rape victim would have had an abortion. And so you end up with these women being left unprotected. Wow, that's so amazing. So we need to get the law changed. Yeah, I mean, see, the prejudice is so insidious. It really is. And and uh, so you uh, Planned Parenthood obviously is heavily involved here in trying to shut down um, all the uh, undercover work that's been done, too, and, and, and trying to fight against this. And they're throwing all kinds of money against this. And uh, yeah. so, so are you ever involved in petitioning against Planned Parenthood? Are these? Do you suggest that kind of um, activism um, to our listeners and oh, those yeah. that want to be they involved? Were gonna, they were going to open a, the largest Planned Parenthood clinic in Michigan was going to open right no, next to where my law office used to be in the next town over from where I live. We got involved right away, and the cool thing is that a guy who's a realtor decided to go down to the courthouse and being a realtor, he, he had this in mind and he checked the um, records and found that there was a restricted deed covenant on the adjacent properties because they share a drive. And I mean, it was pretty cool. Uh, this, you know, realtor was able to make such a huge difference in using the gifts, experience, expertise that he had. That's great. To use it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And eventually on um, this case, you know, it, it was perfect because the other owners of, of the hotel didn't want the clinic opening. And um, the question whether it, an abortion clinic is considered an office, oh. you know, and instead there's zoning laws that talk about cert- treat surgical facilities different than an office. So it went up on appeal and we had a really good pro-life panel and finally Planned Parenthood settled and agreed that uh, to a new restricted deed covenant that the property could never operate as an abortion clinic. And it took them like five years to unload that property because they paid too much at the time. So we held up their money. I mean, you know, that was a huge victory, but you, you never know how God could use your talent. So, you know, connect Share with people what, what your skills are, what your expertise is, and, and you know, figure out how God can use you. Absolutely. So if you're listening out there, my guest today is Rebecca Kiesling and uh, RebeccaKiesling.com. Get involved. Um, you know, here in Southern California and San Diego, we have uh, College Area Pregnancy Services and uh, numerous other um, ministries that are involved in um, rescuing children and supporting mothers, helping those mothers. So... Um, 
what's interesting uh, is that, uh, like like Rebecca's saying, there's so many different ways that you can get involved and make a difference, whether you're a real estate agent, whether you're a nurse. Um, a good friend of mine is a nurse, and she volunteers at a pregnancy care clinic. And uh, there's just so many different ways that you can make a difference. We have one real quick segment. Yep, go ahead. If you speak multiple languages, you could be an interpreter at a pregnancy center. Yes, and that's a huge. We have a huge uh, Latino pop population here in San Diego, and so uh, great. That's another great point. We have one more segment left. It's going to be a very short segment, but stay with us. I'm going to give you a quick apologetic argument for why um, abortion um, is not logical and uh, nor biblical. Stay with us. We're going to be right back. For 36 years, Fastlane Kayaking has helped people like you experience everything that's great about San Diego. Fastlane makes fishing and water sports fun and easy. Hobie Cat kayaks feature a popular pedal system, not paddles, keeping your hands free as you fish. You no longer need to tow and gas up a boat to experience great San Diego fishing. Call or come in for your no-charge demo ride, 619-222-0766, fastlanesailing.com. At Dana Landing Arena across from SeaWorld, 619-222-0766. Luke Gibson of LG Equipment supports Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. Luke grew up in the construction industry and now serves LG's commercial and residential customers throughout Southern California. Whether you need grading, paving, hauling, demolition, on-site bulk water service, water trucks, tankers, and towers, call LG Equipment at 619-998-998. 0924. Learn more at lgequipment.com. 619-998-0924. Hi, I'm Marissa Conover, and I would love to help you buy or sell your home. I've worked as a realtor for more than 13 years, and as a San Diego native, my passion and experience will help make your move as peaceful as can be. Call me at 619-251-1577. That's 619-251-1577. Or visit Conover Home. Hi, this is Kevin Conover. Will you please donate to Educate for Life so we can share the truth of God's Word with kids in public schools? You can donate online at donate2efl.org. The Bible used to be read in public schools on a regular basis prior to the 1960s. But today, most kids are completely clueless when it comes to the content and the historical and scientific accuracy of the Bible. Please help us by donating online at donate2efl.org. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. I will cast my cares on you. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website's educateforlife.org. Um, somebody tried to call in. My uh, producer here, Todd, if you want to uh, bring her in, that'd be great. Yeah, hello? Hi. I'm calling from El Cajon and just wanted to say how much I appreciate your show and hearing Rebecca. I'm a victim of rape. Um, I was raped when I was 14, ended up having the child when I was 15 and ended up keeping him. But I had no support in there. Getting that law in California is so important because if I were to file rape charges against this person back in 1980, I would have been taken for custody from his parents or possibly from him mm-hmm. and his sister. And I would not subject mm-hmm. my unborn child to that and now my 36-year-old child to that. So how important that law is to get for other rape victims. Absolutely. To not be tormented. To have to wonder if custody is going to be taken from them because this person raped yeah. you. Yeah. Now, first of all, let me say I'm so sorry that that happened to you. You deserve to have been protected. You know, it wasn't your fault. And um, you're a beautiful person. And I'm so glad that um, you chose life and you you got to have, you know, you and your son grow up in uh, in peace away from that rapist. But there again, that question, if rape 
if you're raped to have an abortion. I was tormented by my priest at the time at a local Catholic church saying, oh yeah, you were raped. If your parents don't get custody of the child, you're too young. You can't handle it. And you can have an abortion if you don't give them custody. And I said, not a nice word, but no, I'm not going to do that. And I raised him, and I'm proud I raised him. Well, I applaud you mm-hmm. for, for doing that. Uh, that's, uh, uh, you know, with a huge adversity and everything. And, and uh, I am uh, absolutely confident God has, um, uh, you know, blessed you and honored you for that. Um, so thank you so much for your testimony in that. That's fantastic. I really appreciate you sharing this on the air. Thank you, guys. Now, I, I want to make sure that we get to connect because, um, you know, on Facebook, we have a, a private Facebook group. You can't search it. You know, I, I would have to add you, but 110 women who became pregnant by rape who all raised their children. We have a private birth mothers group. Um, we have we have a, a group for California. Um all people who represent the difficult cases, all from California. I would love to be able to connect with you. So I hope you know that you'll email me, find me um, either through SaveTheOne.com or Rebecca Kiesling. I don't care my Facebook page. Email me, whatever. I really, really would love to be able to connect and talk to you by phone. And you know, maybe someday you'd want to write your story out. But I, I would love for you to meet the other mothers and for you and your son to know that you're not alone. We have a private Facebook group for all the men conceived in rape about we we have about three dozen men in that group thank you for sharing that so much yes yeah if i could share my information offline that would be appropriate absolutely absolutely thank you so much for calling in yep god bless you you know um i wanted to ask you we don't we have just a few minutes left uh rebecca i wanted to ask you you know i know that there's a lot of women out there who actually have gone through with abortions and are looking for hope and maybe even ha- haven't even told anybody now. Um, what would you What would you say to those women who are dying of shame and, and what they did and yeah. suffering with the trauma? How, how How would you encourage them? Well, I've had women come up to me and confess their abortions to me, whether from rape or or not from rape, and then um, through tears asked me, "Do you forgive me?" Like, wow, okay, first of all, you know, I don't feel like it's my place. Like, I don't condemn you. It's not my, my place to do that. And but, but to the extent that you need to hear that, yeah, yes, I do forgive you. And then, of course, I have to share, um, you know, the forgiveness that I received in Christ, you know, even when I knew better and I had, um, you know, hurt God, hurt myself, and had difficulty forgiving myself. I was beating myself up as a Christian. I felt like, oh, I knew better. And someone said to me that, you know, do you ask, did you ask God to forgive you? You know, do you believe in God? Did you, do you believe he sent his son to die on the cross? Yes. Do you, have you asked him for, to forgive you? Yes. You know, do you believe that he forgives you? And it's like, mm, yeah. And then they explain that, look, when you fail to forgive yourself, what you're doing is you're saying that what you have to say about it is more important than what God has to say and that what he did by sending his son to die on the cross wasn't good enough for you and that, that it was in vain. And that's worse. That's far worse than whatever it is that you did in the first place. Mm-hmm. And I realized I had to ask for God to forgive me for that. And I learned what it meant to really... Um, <laughs> to be able to say God's grace is sufficient. That it's not just a little pat thing that you say as a Christian, but that that's, that's when it really um, hits home, when, when you can truly say God's grace is sufficient. Um, but I realized that the reason why they're asking me is because what they really want to know is, will my baby forgive me? Mm. And they, they see me as being a surrogate. You know, someone who you know, it was targeted for abortion, nearly aborted, had a couple back alley abortions, um, and, you know, nearly escaped death. They think that if I can forgive them, then maybe, you know, their baby will forgive them. And so, you know, but I, what I have to offer on that is that, look, we're told in Scripture that, um, you, know, my, you know, my mother and father forsake me, the Lord will receive me. I really believe he receives these children in heaven. And that, you know, he... And we're told that there's no more tears in heaven. Amen. And that we'll recognize each other. And, you know, that that's what I have to offer them because I know that that's what so many of them really want to know. 
Absolutely. If you're out there and you you have been either um, a victim of abortion, if you've if you've had abortion, if you've um, if that's something that um, you were a part of as a man or a woman, um, please know that God loves you. And um, you know that this fight is not so much a fight um, against a political issue. It's it's a fight for people um, to let them know that God loves them and that He has a, a plan for them and that um, it's better than. Uh, trying to find a, a, a quick fix or something that you think is going to get you out of a problem um, when ultimately God loves that child, he loves you, and he wants the best for you. Jesus Christ said in John 10, 10, I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. And so that's what he wants to do for you. He wants to give you life. And a lot of people are out there in fear. They're, they're thinking, I'm, I'm not going to be able to handle this situation. What are people going to think of me? People are going to reject me. And they're wallowing in shame and guilt. <clears throat> Please know that there's so many people out there that are ready to embrace you and to love you. Excuse me. <clears throat> I'm having a bit of a cough here. But um, we're out of time. Rebecca, thanks for being on the program with us today. I really, really appreciate what you're doing and your ministry. Thank you. Thanks oh. so much for having me. And I'm so excited. There's one more woman that doesn't have to walk through this <clears throat> alone, you know. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. Well, RebeccaKeesling.com is her website. Um, we'll be on the air again next week. So I hope you'll join us. We're going to have a, um, some more amazing guests. And uh, please be praying. Uh, that God would continue to stir the hearts of our leadership and our uh, political um, people who are in political leadership and, and our president and others um, to continue to rescue people uh, from death and turn them over to the hope of Jesus Christ and life. God bless you. Have a fantastic day. Bye-bye. Did you miss part of today's program? Don't worry, we're committed to helping you get the info you need. Okay, that was dumb. But for real, visit EducateForLife.com for podcasts and video recordings of the show and to sign up for the School of Unshakable Faith. Leave us your comments, compliments, questions, or concerns at 800-243-9719 or email KevCon at EducateForLife.com. That's K-E-V-C-O-N at EducateForLife.com. You will always be much more to me Every day I wrestle with the voices that keep telling me I'm not right But that's alright Cause I